The following content is from Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a gospel-driven high-adventure camp in western North Carolina. Go to swoutfitters.com to learn more about our camps and conferences. Enjoy the message. So here's what I want to do. I'm not going to preach a sermon, and we're not going to really be in the the study of Joseph. Uh, what I want to do is I just want to talk about, I want to talk to y'all the way, the same way I talk to my daughters. And I want to I want to kind of come at this from that perspective. And I want to talk I want to talk to you about three things. There's going to be three things we're going to talk about. The first one is the gospel. The second one is the word of God, and the third one is your identity. Now, this morning Anna Rose did a phenomenal job talking about identity. It was so good. I just uh, I stayed here. So these are the three things that if I could any any Christian, man, woman, boy, girl, young person. These are the three things that I think are so critical for every believer. So important for every believer. Um, and if you can get, if you can know these three things and know them really well and submit to them and let the power of each of these things, each of these truths change your life, you will be strong. You will be full of grace. You will be full of wisdom. You will be a good friend. You'll be hard to hurt, hard to kill. A lot of people, a lot, a lot of times I think we're so concerned about what other people think that we're easy to hurt. But if you're a daughter of the most high God and you understand what that means, people can't hurt you with their words, with their bullying, with their social media stuff. You, you are firmly planted in this truth that I am who God says I am. And that's a big deal. And if, when, when young ladies, when young women get that right, it, 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 you can see a difference in those women that understand that. So that's what I want for my daughters. And so I want to share this with y'all. So the first thing is I want you to know the gospel. Now, when we talk about the gospel, we're talking about the fact that we are born sinful and broken. And you can think back to the earliest stages of your psychological development. And there were things that were, like you can recognize there's some things that are wrong. You know, like like desires that are sinful or why do I get mad about this or why do I get upset about that. The sin nature that we're born with, it's, it shows itself really early. Even if you think about, um, think about like, I always like to use the example of like just toddlers if you put them together, you don't have to teach them. You have to teach them to share and be nice. You don't have to teach them to be mean to each other. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever noticed that? If you put a group of little little people together, um, they can do a lot of damage. They're just not strong enough. Like they have the mental capacity and the lack of conscience. Are y'all following me? But by God's grace, they're too little to really do any damage. And so I think God did that that way on purpose. Like, okay, these people are going to be crazy, so I'm going to make them really small and tiny and weak. Um, and so we're trying to get that fixed before they get big and strong. And so, but but the reason I point that out is because these little toddlers at the nursery, at, you know, or whatever, they're having to learn how to be nice. They're having to learn how to share because the natural instinct is is, is to be selfish say no this is mine or no you can't have it or you can't have my toy or I'm not going to share with you and so what you know what we find is that the gospel changes our heart and it changes our mind so that we become loving caring gracious people and if if you will become a loving caring gracious person who really cares about other people 
you got to commit to care about other people and be less concerned with what people think about you, then that's the gospel. That The gospel is what makes that possible because the gospel changes who you are as a person. It changes your mind and you receive the mind of Christ and then your conscience is now guided by the Holy Spirit. So the gospel, when we think about the gospel, I, I, I jotted down uh, four things that I think are important. There's so many aspects of what the gospel does, but these four things I think are, are critical for knowing. The first one is understanding that Jesus forgives sin. You're forgiven. When you come into faith in Jesus, he forgives you. One of the lies I hear young people say all the time is, well, I can't really follow Jesus because I did too many bad things. There's no way Jesus can forgive me. I like, there's no way. And that's a lie from Satan, man. That's a lie that, that you don't have to believe. Christ's forgiveness, his blood covers, Bible says his blood covers a multitude of sins. And the word multitude in the Bible basically means uh, something that you can't count. Like it's in like it's in, like it's an infinite number, like you can't count it. So a multitude of sins, God's uh, grace and Jesus's blood in the gospel covers our sin. And then the second thing the gospel gives you is healing. Man, just healing, healing from broken relationships, from past pain or hurt. You could have, you could have pain that you don't even know you're holding on to. You could have, if, if as a girl you went through a family crisis where it was, a, you know, your parents split up or there's yelling in the house, there's infighting. I know a lot of homes, people yell at each other. Um, they're ugly to each other. In those types of situations you come out of that you need healing in your soul you even need healing for relationship like if you come from if you come from whatever background you come from so when as a kid you grow up there are a lot of things that shape the way you view relationships and then you carry those things into relationships as an adult and so what the gospel does is it shows us the beauty of a sacrificial relationship where God brings us into relationship um, and in doing that, he restores and heals us. And so the, the third thing that I put down here that I want you to know and understand about the gospel is the gospel gives you peace. Peace. I mean, there's something powerful about just having peace in your soul, peace in your conscience, peace in your mind, not being at war in your own mind, not being at war in your own psyche, not being at war internally, emotionally. Some of you literally, some of you ladies are literally like a walking turmoil. Christ will just give you peace. He'll just settle that. Just calm that, man. He calmed a whole. Jesus, you think about the calming effect Jesus had in his ministry on the earth. There's one time, one of my favorite things, when he calms a storm. I mean, it's like lightning, thundering, waves. I mean, these guys, think about this. When J Jesus is in a boat, with professional fishermen. So you would think that professional fishermen probably don't get scared being in a boat. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's what they do. It's like, I got a buddy. He works here. He's one of my executive partners at Snowbird. His name's Hank. He's a retired, he's a former NASCAR driver. He, I've never seen him, like, get nervous in traffic. He, he raced in the Daytona 500, which is, like, one of the biggest NASCAR races. Like, he's raced stock cars going 200 miles an hour 40 dudes and 40 guys and gals running within inches of each other and passing and bumping and wrecking he's had terrible wrecks he gets in a car and gets in traffic and he's like man whatever right because he's been in this much more difficult situation and i think what what 
you know when I'm going to freak out is if I'm like driving down the road and if I'm riding down the road and Hank's driving and all of a sudden he starts freaking out about the driving circumstances, I'm gonna, then I'm going to be like, oh, this is bad. You know what I mean? Like if that guy's nervous. Imagine that these professional fishermen, they're in the boat. The storm is so bad that they are freaking out. And Jesus, literally Jesus is like snoozing. <laughs> Jesus is like, man, I'm so tired. And it's like rock-a-bye baby to Jesus, like hurricanes. Boats like, <laughs> guys are puking, barfing, wetting their pants, their, their robes, whatever. <laughs> Jesus is like, <clears throat> you know, like he's like nestled in. Like, how can he do that? Well, because he's the one that calms the storm. Like, he's in control of the storm. And they, they wake him up. They're like, we're going to die. Are any of you overly dramatic? We're going to die. No, just chill out, you know. Like Jesus is like, what? What are you talking about? We're not going to die. Like, I'm, I basically give you your life. Oh, the storm. Shh. Peace. Be still. And then literally it's like, calm water. And all the guys are like, whoa. That was crazy. And it freaks them out a little bit. And it's like a good picture of like the storms in our lives. Jesus can just, the gospel just brings peace, man. It just like settles your soul. When you get, sometimes you can get tired of like the turmoil, tired of trying to keep up with what's going on in the world around you. Like just rest in Christ. The gospel gives you peace. And then the last thing is the gospel gives us freedom. I mean, somebody's, some, when somebody lives in freedom, just like Jesus says, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. I'm just free. And it says, he, he or she whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Like freedom, man, just freedom. Not, no bondage, no slavery to sin, no bondage to temptation. Just freedom, like Christ gives us freedom. So the gospel in all of its capacities and understandings, that's four things that if you can know the gospel, appreciate the gospel, learn the gospel, then I think that'll be helpful. Okay, um, number two. Number two, the Word of God, the Word of God. So the Word of God is critical to your development as a woman. It's critical to my development as a man. The thing about, so here's the thing, as like your human, like your physical development, you never stop changing. So you stop growing, but you don't stop changing, okay? So there's like when you, you go through these stages of development, and then you come to like full maturity as an adult, but then you you continue to change physically. A person's body changes because we're given like we're we're in bodies that are literally going to decay. You know what I mean? So you're always changing. You're constantly changing. The word of God never is it, it never changes. But as we change, we can change for the better. The rest of our lives, we can grow through our knowledge of the Word of God. God's Word will change us, mature us, grow us, and shape us. So what's so cool about this is, you know, like, I don't, I don't pray that God would make me taller. Like, when you get to your 50s, you know, like, maybe I'll grow this. Maybe I'll hit a growth spurt. And actually, you shrink. What I pray is, God, please don't let me shrink and get any shorter. You know, like, like um, but, but when, you, when you get older, your body doesn't keep growing, but your mind can keep growing. And you can keep growing spiritually. 
So don't ever think you've arrived. Don't ever think you've arrived. You're on a journey, ladies. You're on a journey, and it's going to be a wild ride, and we've seen it with Joseph. You're on a journey called life, and if you're walking with Jesus and you're surrendering to his word and you're reading his word every day, you're opening God's word, you're studying God's word, you're memorizing God's word. What I like to do is write little notes on my hand and just memorize or, or, or remember the things that I've read and studied in the morning, and if you'll do that, God's word will be alive in you. It'll come alive in you. It'll keep you alive. The Bible says of itself some really cool things. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. It's eternal. And it says that the word of God is living and active, and it, and it penetrates our consciences and our souls and our hearts and our minds. And, and so if you will love the word of God, it will shape you. I'll tell you a story that I love to tell to illustrate this. If you've been coming here for years, then you've probably heard this story. I tell it about every few years. I just love it so much. I love it so much, and it's, uh, it's about a young lady named Sunita. Sunita is Indian. She lives in the southern state in, in the nation of India. She lives in a state in the south called Goa. And Little and I, it was, it was me, this is about 10 or 12, probably 12 years ago, about 12 years ago, me and Little and our oldest daughter, Kilby. We went to India and we were visiting. Kilby was, the Lord was really drawing on her to be a missionary she felt like at a young age and she is a missionary now she's married um and she and her husband greg were in the video we watched last night they're the ones that are in south sudan and northern uganda but at this point she's praying about going to india so we're going to go over to india and we're going to just walk the slums for two weeks where these people live in these crazy slums and just tell them about jesus so i take my 12 year old daughter i'm like i'll just stand behind you walk around you tell people about jesus that was pretty crazy um, now, now I think about it, that was real crazy. Um, but she walked around, tell people about Jesus. We just walked the slums. And when we're going over, there was a girl that worked at Snowbird. Her name was Lindsay. And Lindsay had been over there two years earlier on a mission trip. She had gone to a different place than where we were going. A, this place called Goa is a state. It's like saying, well, I went to Florida or I went to Alabama or I went to Michigan. It was like a state. She had been to this state. We were at a different state. But she said, hey, I met this lady. I know it's a long shot, but I met this lady when I was there. She was a brand new Christian two years ago. But she can't read or write. But she speaks five languages. And I've got some um, audible audio Bibles that I like to send on these little, they're called Bible sticks. It's like this little pre-programmed thing. You put these AirPods in. They're like earbuds. Put them in. You hit play, and it just plays the Bible. And you listen to it. So if you can't read, it's an awesome resource. So she's like, she's a, she was a new Christian two years ago, but she can't read the Bible. And so I'm worried about how she's going to grow and be discipled. So I told her. I will get, and she said, I just met her in passing, and we spent an afternoon together. She had a little shop. She said, I went into her shop. It was in this little fishing village. And she said, I told her I will figure out a way to send the Bible to you. So she gives little, these two, it, it's a, a copy of the Audible Bible in English and one in Hindi, which is her native tongue. So we go to India. We go to a massive city called Mumbai. It's like 21 million people there. And we're like, well, there's this lady in Goa. Her name's Sunita. That's like, that's like saying there's a lady in Texas. Her name is Amanda. Will you go visit her? You know what I mean? Like uh, there's probably like a million Amandas, you know, or there's this girl. Her name's Emma. Her name's, uh, you know, something really that's, that's a prominent or popular name. 
that's how this was. So like, we got to go find a lady named Sunita. So we, we figure out, okay, we, she was about, the, there was an airport in a place called Vasco City, which is in the, it's in the state of Goa. And we were piecing together, like, I think there was something about, she said she knew she was, she, she Lindsay, our friend said, I, I was near a, play, a city called Vasco City. And Sunita lived in a fishing community. And it was a, and the place she lived was like two names, like something cove or something beach or something like that. It's like, okay, all right, we'll go find her. So we got, man, we, we, uh, we were going to ride a train, but it was like 10 hours and it was so many people on the train and I am way larger than most people in other parts of the world like that. And I was like, I do not want to get squeezed into this. So we got on a, we got on an airplane and, uh, apparently they make their, their seats way smaller in those airplanes. I remember sitting in the airplane, my favorite part of the whole story, you may not appreciate it, but I'm sitting in this thing like a, you know, look like, you ever see an ant carrying something that's way bigger, like a little ant carrying like a biscuit? (laughs) I felt like me on that seat, like orangutan, you know, like gorilla hands, and I'm like, the seats, I'm just like spilling out of everything. And this little Indian lady's behind me, I got nowhere to go. I got nowhere. My feet are up by my face. My knees are like up here. And this little old lady behind me, she had to be about 80 years old. She was about this tall. I kid you not. She's the smallest human I've ever met in my life. And she said, yes, yes, I can see that you are just enjoying the life. Do not worry about me. And I was like, lady, I'm doing all I can. Where do you want me to put this human? You know, like, and so we fly. We get what, the most interesting flight I've ever been on. We fly down there. I mean, I'm walking through the the airplane like this, you know, like it's so sketch. And so we go down there, we land. Long story short, it took us about two days. We find this, we find this place. It's called Bagmalo Beach. We get on a bus. We drive out there. We're like, let's go out to this place. I heard it's a fishing, fishing place, and it's like a fishing community. Maybe that's where her shop is. We go out there. We walk the beach. We find, we find Sunita. Walk into this little shop. Like, are you Sunita? She's she was about one inch taller than that other lady. Like, you people are tiny here. <laughs> and she said, yes. And she's just like, I wonder if you've ever been around somebody that has the things we've been talking about. Peace, confidence in Christ, joy, freedom. Look, let's, let's, flip, let's flip the script. Have you ever been around somebody that's always stressed, always wants you to do something more for them, has a sense of entitlement, put me in charge of something. Let me do this. Let me, let me, let me, let me, me, like, like, just make you nervous. Sunita was not like that. Because if you know Jesus, he sets you free. She had this relationship with Christ. She wasn't controlled by what others thought of her or the world's standard of happiness. She had been abandoned by her family, rejected by her husband. She was sleeping outside on a porch at the at, in the compound the housing compound that her husband his brothers his family all lived in but she had to sleep outside in this little gazebo because she had accepted Jesus and they were all devout Hindus so they rejected her at this point she's a two and a half year old Christian who's never been able to read the Bible because she can't read at all she has two little boys so we walk through the door of her shop and she's just this lady beaming with joy like are you Sunita she's like yes I am we said little's like um, we go in a little like you don't say anything you're scary just be quiet let me talk it's like oh okay I'll just sit in the airplane seat just leave me here 
circle back around. And so, so Little and Kilby go in, and they talk to Sunita, and we end up sitting down, and we had this most amazing time. We spent the afternoon. She closed her shop down. And so we gave her the Bible sticks. She's, she's crying. She's so happy. I was like, how you been growing? You're clearly walking with Jesus. How you been growing? She said, I said, you don't even have, you can't even listen to the Bible. You don't have the Bible. She said, well, I made my own Bible. I was like, okay, that is totally against the rules. <laughs> you can't do that. Tell me more. So what she had done is she had taken construction paper and markers, and she had drawn pictures every time she would like, Meet somebody, she'd say, hey, do you know any Bible stories? They'd say, oh, yeah, I know this story. The woman at the well, John 4, is one of my favorite stories. And she had drawn a picture of it. So then I just, we read that story. Like Kilby would read a story, and then we would talk about it. And then Little would read a story. We, we worked, she had about 30 Bible stories on the construction paper. We just went through her Bible. It was funny, we got to David and Goliath. I was like, oh, no. You know he cut his head off. It was way bloodier than this picture. Let me see those markers. She's like mortified. Little's like, I told you to be quiet. So we're teaching her the Bible. It's so cool. And so we left. We had to go back. There's nowhere for us to stay there. So we had to get on the last bus that was leaving to go back into Vasco City. We went back into the city. We, we got a room. We had a room there. We go back. We said, we'll be back tomorrow morning. We'll come back out. We'll spend the day with you. We'll do this again. We will pay you for whatever your revenue loss is. So by shutting your, your store, and she made like $10 at, on a good day, 2 or $3 on a normal day over the course of a whole day. We're like, we'll pay you for the loss of revenue. Just shut your, your store down. We'll sit down here. We'll just talk about Jesus and the Bible. And so we go back, go in there, uh, get in the bus, drive out there the next morning. We come out. The sun has just gotten up good over the, over the water, and she is sitting on the beach and she hasn't gone home and she's listened to like the whole new testament in one language halfway through it in the other language she's still crying but she's like beaming with joy and like you didn't go home last night she says how could i walk away from this i've just sat enjoyed the grace of god's word the beauty of hearing from his word and i, I saw in her like this love for the word that made me think Man, I'm just too, I'm just, I don't know, it's too flippant about it. You know what I mean? I saw, I think what I saw in Sunita, what we as a family, because we still talk about her, me and Little, and when we're with Kilby, Kilby still tells her story. There's, and we've been able to stay connected with her through um, our friend Lindsay, but I think what I saw in her is the power of the Word of God to connect the gospel. So we said the first thing you need to know is the gospel. The word of God is what's going to bring it into connectivity and focus in your life and, and give you that freedom and that peace and that hope and that, that joy and redemption. And the last thing, the last thing will be done. 24 minutes in. We've got like three more minutes. The last thing is, is to go back to what Anna Rose talked about this morning and to know your identity as a daughter of God, as a child of God, as someone who has been bought with a price when someone, when someone pays for something, what somebody's willing to pay for something else, like that determines its value. So like if you would pay $100 for something, then it's worth $100 to you. Now the next person might be like, it's not worth $100 to me, so I wouldn't buy that. The next person might go, oh, I'd pay twice that for it. What someone's willing to pay, that's what determines the value. What God was willing to pay for your freedom, for your salvation, for your peace and hope and joy and redemption, 
And freedom was the death of his son. That's why Jesus would say to the Corinthians, Paul would write to the Corinthians, you're not your own, you are bought with a price. Christ has set you free because he's paid for your freedom. That's your identity. And then the Bible say things like you're adopted, you're given value because you're adopted as a, as a daughter of God. And it's, it's this beautiful, beautiful picture of identity. But I wanted to give you, as we're, as we're wrapping up, I wanted to give you three things. Uh, one thing that you can do sort of in, in, in kind of three categories as you go from here and embracing your identity in Christ. What, what I think is important is there's, there's a verse of Scripture in Proverbs chapter 4. It says, it says, guard your heart, which means protect your heart. Guard or protect means to prepare to fight for. Protect, defend, guard. It says guard. So, so the Bible is saying fight for your heart. Fight for your own heart. Guard your heart. And I want to give you three tactics for guarding your heart because people will be like, how do I do that? Here's, here's, here's three things you can do. Three things you can do. Number one, guard your time. Guard your time. How do you spend your time? How do you spend 24 hours in a day? What do you do with the hours in that day? How do you spend your time? It's okay to spend time on social media. It's okay to spend time with friends. This can be good things. It's okay to watch your favorite show or listen to music or to hang out at a coffee shop with some friends. Like Those are good things. But over the course of your day, do you have time set aside, maybe one chunk of it, but then throughout the day where you're doing things that are going to help you grow as a person? As a woman, are you spending time doing things that are going to make you stronger in your mind, make you stronger in your heart, make you stronger as a child of God, make you stronger as a woman. Guard your time. The second thing, guard your treasure. What's most valuable to you? Your relationship with Jesus, guard, protect that. Don't, don't, don't open up relationships that are going to pull you away from the Lord. Your relationship with your sisters in Christ, guard those. Be a good, be a good friend, be a godly friend, be a helpful friend. Guard like guard your heart by paying attention to what you do with your with your treasure with your treasure so guard your time and guard your treasure guard your time and guard your treasure and then the third thing is guard your talent when the Bible uses the word talent, it means that what what has God given you as a gift what like you have a spiritual gift you have a, a gift like your personality is a gift you have strengths you have weaknesses how do you grow as a person to take the opportunities God's given you the resources God's given you guard that and then be a blessing to other people be a good friend be a good teammate be a good classmate be a good sister be a good be a good daughter who loves Jesus so guard your time talent treasure if you do that you'll be guarding your heart and you'll be strengthening who you are as a woman in Christ so the things you need to know at the deepest level, the gospel, the word of God, and your identity. And the thing is, those are, those are things that you'll still be drilling into when you're 60 years old. You never like outgrow any of that. Thanks for listening. We hope this has encouraged you in your walk with Christ. Be sure to give us a rating and review. And for more Snowbird content, check out our other podcast, No Sanity Required.